Ready to celebrate International Women's Day? M&M's and iHeart present Women Take the Mic, sharing empowering stories of women supporting and celebrating each other. And of course, there is a smooth and creamy companion for your listening pleasure, peanut butter M&M's, because they're just another way to help treat yourself in situations where you deserve a little added delight, like listening to your favorite podcast. So savor the deliciousness of peanut butter M&M's and spread some positivity. From breaking glass ceilings to dominating in sports and entertainment, women truly are unstoppable. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission. Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. Episode 299, Is Medical Tourism a Good Way to Save Money? With Dr. David Vequist. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast, where you'll learn to save money, money, embrace simplicity, and live a richer life. Here are your hosts, Jen and Jill. Welcome to the Frugal Friends Podcast. My name is Jen. My name is Jill. And today is an episode that nobody asked for. (laughs) We wanted it, so we did it. I was, I don't know what it was, but I was thinking about medical tourism and how shady it sometimes feels or seems. And I was Mm -hmm. like, is, I mean, we are the podcast about saving money. We are the ones that need to be talking about this. Right. Yeah. If you you can travel somewhere and save money on your medical procedures, should you? Should you? Could you? Yeah. And then came the task of, okay, who's going to talk about it? And what kind of person are they going to be? And I was nervous about what kind of person we would get to talk about this. But we lucked out so hard with Dr. Vequist. He is such a gem. All of our fears subsided. And is completely knowledgeable about the subject without being biased. It was literally everything I needed to really learn objectively about this topic. Mm -hmm. I mean, there might be some bias, but (laughs) he definitely has done a ton of research on the topic. No specific sponsorships that he's trying to push or ways that he's making money off of it. He's genuinely curious about it, has researched it a ton, and is just an expert in wealth of knowledge, not only as a doctor in the medical field, but someone who has done some extensive research on on this particular content of medical tourism. So we could not have found a better person, I don't think, or a more kind person yeah. Yeah. to talk on this topic. I'm so excited for you all to listen to But this. before we continue to geek out, uh, this episode is brought to you by Root Canal. Mm. If you need a root canal, try the three-day spending makeover. It's much less painful. It will do nothing for your tooth, 
By the end of this free three-day challenge, though, you will find what you value spending on, learn strategies for saying no to the things that you don't, and create a plan for guilt-free spending that may allow you to save faster to afford that root canal. So if that sounds interesting to you, head to frugalfriendspodcast.com slash makeover and get started today. Wow. Great tie-in, Thank Jen. you. Root Thank canals. You. They um, don't sound very pleasant, but a free three-day spending makeover, that is dang, pleasant. That's nice. That's a makeover you want. So why do we talk so much about healthcare? Because it's one of your where you're going to find one of the biggest bangs for your buck when you are saving. And one decision in the healthcare, in your healthcare spending can save you thousands, if not tens of thousands. Uh, and no latte decision can do that for you. Uh, so we have a few other episodes, like episode 230, Negotiating Medical Bills and Debt with Dr. Virgie Bright-Ellington. We have episode 254, How to Save Money on Health Insurance with Eileen Doherty. And now we are continuing that with episode 299 on medical tourism. And we are personally not for or against it. This is literally our quest for knowledge on the topic. And we're super excited that we were able to have that conversation with Dr. David Vquist. He's the founder and director of the Center for Medical Tourism Research. So it's the first academic center in the world to study the growing industry of medical tourism. So his cross-border experiences have translated into a broader worldview with a richer appreciation of how globalization has greatly impacted health systems over the last few decades and how technology has really made this a lot more accessible and even safer. So let's broaden our horizons, broaden our understanding, allow Dr. Vquist to explain this to us yes. without further ado. Dr. Vquist, thank you so much for joining us on the show. We are super excited to talk about this topic. I'm very excited to learn more about it. Absolutely. Yes, thank you for being here. It's good timing for us, too. My husband and I were just talking about, oh, maybe getting a dental procedure abroad instead of in the States. But we know little to nothing about that process. So thank you for coming and illuminating us. So for starters, can you explain a little bit about what is medical tourism? How does it work? Just kind of 101. Absolutely. Well, the first thing to know is that uh, this history of what we call arbitrage, meaning going to find something that is in higher quantities somewhere else or in a higher quality level somewhere else, has been around since the beginning of history. So medical tourism itself has been around since the beginning of history. Um, we've seen situations back in ancient Egypt where people would travel to Egypt for these really great practitioners that were there at the beginning of civilization. 
and even during Roman times, people would travel to places like um, what's now known as Switzerland and what's now known as Turkey for things like the uh, balinotherapy or water-based therapies. And uh, the also the travel for, again, to get access to things or potentially get access to things at lower cost has been around for a very long time. And the modern iteration of it, it's essentially health-seeking behaviors, and patient consumerism, which is truly changing the world. Uh, it's not just in, in the United States, not just in Canada, it's not just in Europe, it's not just in Asia, it's everywhere. And uh, we're seeing people all around the world basically getting access to information primarily through the internet. So the internet has been uh, the great equalizer, if you will, and allowed people to have more and more information about what's available and potentially what the costs are. And that has led to greater amounts, greater amounts of consumerism, greater amounts of health-seeking behaviors, and greater amounts of transparency. And that's essentially basically allowing people to get access to the, the care that they need when they need it and at the cost that they can afford to get it at. That's a helpful framework because I think when I hear medical tourism or going someone else, somewhere else for a procedure, it feels outside of the norm. But to realize and hear you describe, this has gone on since the beginning of time, as far back as we can see. But it feels as though one of those situations where people find themselves in like a, a scam or a botched surgery or there can yeah. be a lot of fear around it. So to hear from someone with your background and expertise saying this is a reasonable way of going about certain medical responding to certain medical needs the health seeking behaviors it's really helpful yeah yes thank you uh, it's it really is it's um if you think about it the what you sometimes see in the media coverage is what's going to draw in viewers. So if you hear that thousands of people went abroad and received surgeries that did not result in complications, is that going to be something you're going to click on? Is that clickbait? And the answer is no. So um, the unfortunately, what we hear is the circumstances that were negative. Now, from a scientific standpoint, what we don't know is you have to know both numbers. You have to know the number of people that had both successful outcomes and the number people that had uh, unsuccessful outcomes in order to understand the incident rate of particularly bad income outcomes. Unfortunately, we don't have good data on that. So in science and statistics, what you have to do is, is go back to the null hypothesis, which is the assumption that there is no statistical differences. At this point, uh, based on what we know about foreign healthcare providers, say in places like Mexico, is that um, so many people in Mexico have either trained in the United States, they've done a continuing education, in the United States, they have linkages to US-based uh, healthcare systems and processes. They use the same protocols. The same protocols, say, that John Hopkins uses are seen all around the world. I can go into um, you know, sub-Saharan Africa and find John Hopkins protocols because they're shared. Um, so there hasn't been significant amounts of research done on the comparative nature of quality outcomes in a country like Mexico versus the United States. So at this point, what we do know is that you probably have to go to the null hypothesis, which means there's probably not significant differences. Now, one other interesting 
element when it comes to the U.S. and Mexico uh, relationship is the Mexican government back in around 2008-9 implemented the U.S.-based accreditation system, so the Joint Commission accreditation, which all hospitals in the United States basically use, is the same accreditation system they use in Mexico. So they're essentially using the same quality systems. I would uh, guarantee that except for your um, listeners right now, that 99% of Americans don't know that. And uh, it's uh, so it essentially the things you hear in the media, uh, can we be honest? It's they're sensational and and people click on those things and uh, they make interesting points. But uh, from a an actual scientific standpoint, we don't have evidence to show that Americans going abroad are getting that much worse care than they are in the United States, quite frankly. Wow. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That research is helpful because I think for whatever reason, probably media and and the anecdotal kind of stories that people have heard, there's this idea that you're not going to get any better care other than right within a 10 mile radius of your home. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think for every like I, I am not super knowledgeable about like any negative stories on medical tourism or regarding like international procedures. But I am very familiar with family telling me negative experiences they've had with procedures in the States. So it like I that's what got me started thinking about how there can't like I wonder if there is a big difference because I have heard I don't know why my family have so many medical procedures, <laughs> but none of them seem to be happy with that, with the level of care. And so it is just really interesting how we're like very quickly because of our proximity to be trusting of, you know, what's right in front of us. And then like think that everything outside of what we know is very sketchy. Mm, yeah. So. Mm-hmm. so it's it's an interesting uh, confirmation bias, essentially, mm-hmm. that um, we don't know what we don't know. And but we're very sure of it, even though we don't know. <laughs> we never, hopefully yeah. know that we don't know. Um, so uh, the United States, uh, don't get me wrong, has extremely good care. Uh, if you look at, for example, survival rates, five year, 10 year survival rates in terms of oncology, some of the best in the world. Um, we do have some of the best healthcare systems and some of the best providers in the world. But interestingly, those good outcomes, there was a, a very old politician um, several years before the um, the PPACA, what some people call Obamacare, was, was uh, passed, that suggested that the United States was um, islands of excellence within a sea of mediocrity. And I love that uh, saying. That's a wonderful saying. And we do have, if you were to go to some of the best uh, facilities and uh, systems in the world, John Hopkins, Cleveland Clinic, MD Anderson, uh, Mayo, places like this, you are truly receiving some of the best care on the planet. And uh, there, we do have excellence in the United States. Um, the, just the, um, the disparity and also the diversity in terms of the payments that people pay is one of the, the bigger issues. And so what we find interesting point in medical tourism, there tends to be a bimodal distribution. You see very wealthy people 
So, for example, in years past, Kobe Bryant, Peyton Manning, Alex Rodriguez, who was a baseball player that played with the Yankees, they all went abroad to places like Germany for care when they were in the top 1% of the U.S. population in terms of wealth. So they traveled abroad. We see wealthy people travel abroad for destination spas. We see people wealthy travel abroad for cosmetic surgery. Interestingly, in some of the least uh, affluent households in the United States, in places that are very low socioeconomic status, uh, for example, here in Texas, down in the Rio Grande Valley, we see a large number of people traveling for health care abroad among those populations. So bimodal distribution, meaning we see more people that are wealthy and more people that are if essentially poor traveling for health care. The middle class are the people that typically have the um, the belief system that you brought up, which is they say, let's just stay here. Let's just do what's comfortable. Let's just do what's here locally. And they're the ones that are, quite frankly, uh, not taking advantage of either higher quality or lower cost uh, care. Yeah, it sounds like just because there is good care to be found within the United States, it's not to the exclusion of good care to be found elsewhere, and that there might be varying reasons for people to do that, either higher levels of care or maybe less expensive, but quality care to be found if you kind of shop around around the world. Yes. Absolutely. And so here's some great points since I've got some numbers and some other things for you. It's not just shopping um, around the world, but shopping within the United States. Uh, several studies from within the United States have shown that pricing within even a state, such as the state of California, for C-sections, for example, there was a study that showed there was a 500% disparity difference in the price for a C-section from one hospital to another just in one state alone. So you could essentially drive from from one hospital to another hospital and pay a 500% difference. So we've seen um, some great things happen in the United States that are helping with that. Um, And some of these trends are uh, legal regulatory under the Trump administration and now extended under the Biden administration. We have transparency now where most hospitals share um, their pricing, including their cash prices. Uh, In a recent study that we did here in South Texas, we found that the cash price difference between a MRI, uh, which Mm -hmm. cash price is a little over $300, versus the other types of payment systems, which include Medicare, Medicaid, and uh, private insurance, was about $1,200, a little over $1,200. Interestingly, if you look at the out-of-pocket expenses that most people, including um, you ladies, probably pay, um, you're going to pay, uh, you know, probably a, a twenty dollars or more, um, depending on the location that you go to. Then you have a deductible, which is going to be at least a thousand dollars, probably more. Um, if you have a family, you're looking at two thousand dollars or more. So essentially, interestingly, paying the cash price rather than going through your insurance. In other words, you you ignored the fact that you have insurance and just paid the cash price, went to the um, the imaging center, the hospital, the doctor's office and say, how much will, will you give me the MRI for if I pay you cash right now? You will probably get a lower price than you would have paid using your out-of-pocket mm-hmm. expenses, your copay and your deductible. 
Mm-hmm. That, I've that had blows, a sneaky suspicion about that. Yes. That <laughs> blows the mind, yeah. right? Isn't that yeah. fascinating? So not only we have this disparity and this cash price difference. So uh, a couple of great things are going on. We're seeing increasingly um, more companies, billion-dollar companies, that are rolling out retail health options. We have technology companies. Uh, for example, um, I'm familiar with a company here in Texas that's called Lasso, L-A-S-O, a software company which allows people to go on an app and find cash prices. And we're finding that increasingly there are systems and uh, companies and brands that are trying to introduce you to uh, ways in which you can negotiate lower cost, sometimes uh, cash, discounted cash prices for these various procedures. And it's basically better than it ever has been before. Yeah, I love that. That's good to know. So let's let's talk about procedures and locations abroad. What what are the most common kinds of procedures people will seek to get done abroad, and what are the most common locations people can expect to travel to? Now, yeah, as I know, you have listeners from all around the world, so we we do have to talk about um, not just uh, here in North America, but all around the world. So it depends on on where you're located and um, where you're comfortable with going. So what we find when it comes to medical tourism, particularly international medical tourism, is the most um, prevalent feature is that somebody has a comfort level with where they're going. So if they've been to Europe before, then they'll be comfortable going to Europe. If they've been to Mexico before, they're comfortable going to Mexico. If they've been to Thailand before, um, then they're comfortable with going there. So we see flows of people traveling to locations that they're not only very comfortable with, but that they uh, that understands their culture and environment, language, those types of things. Um, so some of the most common destinations in the world are some that you probably have heard of or you can easily find on the internet. Um, people travel from all around the world to India, a place that I'll be visiting again um, here in uh, February. People travel from all around the world to places uh, like uh, Turkey. Uh, people play, travel from all around the world to places like Mexico, uh, Colombia, Dominican Republic, uh, let's see, Philippines, uh, Singapore, the Malaysia. They also travel to, if you will, uh, first world destinations for typically higher quality care. For example, people will travel to the United States, people will travel to Germany, people will travel to Korea um, for very high quality care. And in many cases, they'll pay cash as well. They may even pay more than they would have paid in their country, but they go there because uh, quite frankly, they know they're going to get some of the best care in the world. That's awesome. Yeah, it sounds like people are going everywhere and and it yeah. depends on what they're looking for. Have you seen any trends of the these are the common things that this country might excel in? Yes. So, uh the in general what we t- what people tend to travel for is what they feel that they're going to get value for. And so there was a really good book that was written by a Harvard professor, very famous Harvard professor, Dr. Michael Porter, who suggested that within healthcare, we need to stop having these artificial distinctions of the idea of quality as distinct uh, in the consumer's mind from cost. The idea it's for example, if I were to tell you that um, you needed to buy a new car. Uh, 
one of the things you would do is you would probably look for a car that actually had functional utility. In other words, you'd want something that had an engine. You'd want something that had a steering wheel. You'd want them something that had tires. So you could get a cheap car down in a wrecking yard that doesn't have any of those things, right? But it doesn't have functional utility for you. So um, just getting the cheapest thing isn't the best way to look for healthcare. What you're typically looking for is what is the best value, and that's cost and quality. So again, knowing that like food, certain there's certain things that are better than other things in terms of taste, in terms of uh, nutrient value, things of that nature. So when you're looking for healthcare, you're looking for the quality you will accept at the price you can pay. So you have to kind of balance those two things together. So when we're looking at value, we find that people find value in things where they can't really distinguish between the overall quality. So dental. So for example, most people think that, for example, if I'm going to have a uh, a dental procedure, uh, even something where a tooth is removed and you have it replaced with a prosthetic or a, an implant, the you're, most likely I'm not going to die on the uh, the chair, uh, the, the dental chair while they're doing the surgery. So therefore, from a values perspective, if I can save hundreds of dollars doing that, and the value is not that much different between an American dentist and, say, a dentist in Costa Rica, then at that point, you're going to go, well, you know, if I can save hundreds of dollars, it pays for the airplane ticket. I get to go to a beautiful uh, country, maybe after the dental procedure, me and my family go to the beach and enjoy that. Then it's you're getting a vacation and the dental procedure for the cost you would in the United States, then it's got extreme amounts of value. So what we find is overall dental procedures tend to make up perhaps upwards of say 40 to 50 percent of all the procedures um, that are medical and dental in nature. Now there is some research out there that argues that wellness procedures actually are even greater in terms of the total market share, but it's very difficult to distinguish between, for example, a person traveling internationally and going to the spa at the hotel from somebody that goes to a destination spa. So those numbers are, are a bit inflated, but we do know that wellness is very large. Past that, we see a lot of general surgical procedures. Um, that includes and, and sometimes broken out the uh, cosmetic surgery. Uh, and that's for, again, for uh, situations where it is uh, a little bit of a, an extra um, uh, extra cost that you probably don't need to um, <laughs> spend because, quite frankly, you don't need it. But it also concludes something where somebody it affects how they feel about themselves. And so, therefore, they want to have a better quality of life, if you will. For those types of procedures, again, um, you can you can save a great deal of money. Some of the medical tourism literature says, in general, for surgical procedures, you're going to save, depending on the country, anywhere from say fifty to seventy percent of what you would in, uh, say, uh, Europe or Canada or the United States, if you're paying out of pocket. 
And interestingly, by the way, uh, Canadians also travel for healthcare. Many people don't realize that, but Canadians travel because um, they have very long wait times. And so therefore, uh, if they have to wait six months for a procedure, they're oftentimes more likely to come into the United States or go to another foreign country to get access to that and pay cash uh, rather than wait uh, for that six months before they can get access to a doctor. Personally, I'm experiencing my own barriers to entry decrease. Like my aversion to this idea is kind of softening. And I I mean, especially with that Costa Rica example. (laughs) Sounds lovely. So so interesting that we've seen this really fascinating trend that came from Asia. And we see it in the United States now, uh, particularly among women. What we have is these kind of um, ladies travel abroad trips where they'll do it as a group. Um, and you see this on places like um, there's a website called The Real Self, as I recall, that has listings, forums of women that get together and they'll talk about how much they paid, where they went, what their experiences were with certain providers when it comes to things like cosmetic surgery. So they'll oftentimes combine a medical trip with a vacation and they'll go as a group. And they negotiate a group price and they're able to take advantage of uh, really very good care in places like the Dominican Republic. I was in the Dominican Republic and there are many, many Americans that go there. And essentially, you go to two different locations. You go to a cosmetic surgeon and then you get, for example, a mommy makeover of some type. And then what you do is you go to a rehabilitation location that's typically on the beach. And then what you'll do is you sit on the beach, you you know drink my or margaritas and and uh, basically um, rest and relax after the surgery and you've saved a great deal of money in fact it's, it's in many cases it's actually cheaper than uh, the procedure in the United States and you get a vacation for it wow. as well AI might be the most important new computer technology ever it's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested so buckle up The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, And of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less, like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 
I feel like you're already kind of describing how some people enter into this and how they're choosing to do it safely. But from your perspective and what you've seen, what would you say to someone who wants to pursue medical tourism safely, maybe in as least stressful, difficult kind of a manner? Where would they begin? How would they pursue that? That's a great question. Um, so there there are a number of businesses out there that have cropped up over the years that um, are uh, what we call facilitator businesses. And these are essentially, um, for somebody like uh, my age, I remember when there was travel agents and then travel agencies were a thing. And it's essentially a travel agent uh, that arranges for care for other people. And sometimes they have some more information than you might have. But quite frankly, based on the research and based on my personal beliefs that you can find most of the information you need through uh, various sources on the internet. Now, even though I've stated that uh, the research shows that overall, from uh, outcome standpoint, and, uh, and obviously from a cost standpoint, that this is beneficial, when it comes to healthcare, any additional factors that contribute to that, that healthcare uh, experience can possibly induce risk. So obviously, buyer beware. By going abroad, by going even a, a long distance, um, you may be away from your support system. That could be potentially a problem. Many people that travel do bring a spouse or a loved one with them family member with them. Um, interestingly, uh, you may not be aware of this, but some companies, excuse me, uh, for example, Walmart was one of the leading companies that did this for many years, um, have introduced what's called domestic medical tourism in their health benefits. And what they do is they will pay for a a worker, employee, and a spouse to go to one of the centers of excellence, like I mentioned earlier, like Mayo Clinic, and then they'll pay for those treatments there because most of the centers of excellence actually have lower cost basis than a traditional hospital. So a good hospital typically can do things believe it or not, cheaper than a hospital that's average. And so uh, we oftentimes see people travel with some support system. But whenever you travel, whenever you go somewhere else, there's the added potential of infection rates. There's added potential of complications that could occur. And that puts you away from your support systems, things of that nature. So it's not without some risk but it's a matter of you determining whether that risk is appropriate based on the financial decision that you are going to make. It's occurring to me that we might also be more so talking about a procedure or some sort of specific one-time medical care rather than maybe a more chronic, complex, maybe also depending on what the comorbidity might be that your doctor might kind of know your situation and you're well acquainted with your doctor for years and yes. years might not be the situation mm -hmm. in which you're going abroad for something. Yeah, excellent. Do you mind if I make just a couple points that would be helpful, very helpful to your listeners? Uh, so 
obviously, you, I trust my primary care physician. Many people do. And you have to understand that your primary care physician is wanting you to stay in that local region, obviously, for the reasons I mentioned, to, to increase kind of your, your total risk portfolio. Um, but also, you have to understand that your primary care physician perhaps is friends with other specialists in the area. They go to the country club together. They Their families know each other. So if you're asking them whether you should travel somewhere else, even outside of your region, it could be somewhere outside of your city, your county, even state, or it could be internationally, the answer is most likely that they're going to say no, because if the word gets back that, you know, to their friends that, oh, I'm not suggesting these specialists in my local area, I'm suggesting other people outside my local area. It actually, it, there's, there's a relationship there. There's a network there. So please realize that there may be some bias in some cases that people will, will not suggest that. Then the other thing, we have to talk about the the big issue in the room, and I'm sure you've had another, I, I uh, looked through some of the uh, the wonderful podcasts that you've done, but we need to talk about one of the things, which is the best way to reduce your healthcare cost overall for your life is good health. So you have to lose the weight. You have to eat nutritious food. Prevention um, studies over and over again in the United States over the last several decades have found that over 30% of the total healthcare costs are due to your lifestyle. So if you anything you can do to lose the weight, eat better food, you know, do some moderate exercise, reduce your stress and anxiety, find ways to live a better life, you're going to end up saving money over the long time. Um, so interestingly, most people don't realize this. One of the most healthy populations in the entire United States, you guys probably wouldn't even guess this, even if I gave you like 100 chances. <laughs> Uh-oh. You ready? The Go for Amish. It. The Amish. Oh, yeah. Wow. The Amish that, people yeah, live generally longer than most U.S. populations. They tend to be healthier. And interestingly, they engage in medical tourism. What they do is they do cash payments and they typically negotiate a cash payment as a contract, if you will, for the entire Amish community at local facilities. And what they do is they're choosy. They choose the facilities that obviously give them the best care, that give them the best price. And then what they'll do is they'll travel outside of their communities to other communities to be able to get access to care. And yet they and they have they receive no government payments, no government intervention, no government public health. And yet they they're one of the healthiest populations in the United States. And and we oftentimes want to we want to forget about them and think that, oh, that, that's an anomaly. It's not an anomaly. They exercise, they eat well. They um, pay in cash for their health care. They reduce their stress. Um, they have good support systems. My gosh, they have great support systems. I mean, it's. I'm not saying we should live like the Amish. Um, I, I personally love my um, phone and I love my technology <laughs> and I love my life. But, you know, there's a lot of things to be learned there. And yeah. we shouldn't discount that completely. Mm. Do you know yes. what else is a healthy practice and habit and reduces stress and yes. should be implemented every week? Every week. The Bill of the Week!
time for the best minute of your entire week. Maybe a baby was born and his name is William. Maybe you paid off your mortgage. Maybe your car died and you're happy to not have to pay that bill anymore. Duck bills, Buffalo bills, Bill Clinton. This is the Bill of the Week. Dr. Vequist, every week we invite a listener or our guest on to share with us their Bill of the Week. And we would love to hear yours today. Oh, well, I was telling you ladies earlier, uh, my wife and I have always been considered frugal and our, our parents somewhat disapproved of it. Our kids thought we were a little weird uh, when they were growing up, but they're frugal now. And all Gen Z, I think, is the same way. And I, I tell you what, it's just it brings me a, a, a sense of pride and a sense of satisfaction when I know that I'm getting something for a discount and I'm, I'm being a good steward with my money. And so I have to tell you, uh, we we. T- um, we pay off our credit cards every month. Uh, we have very few bills. Uh, in fact, we're almost paid off with our house, and that'll be our essentially our last loan that Congrats. we ever have in, for the rest of our lives. And so we've paid off everything whenever we can, simply by living frugally. And the one of the things that get, brings me a lot of satisfaction just happened last week is we get a percentage back from our credit card, which is associated uh, with Sam's Club. And so we go into Sam's Club, and they now what they do is they have the option at the POS system where you can actually take your your percentage that you made that month and take it directly off the bill. So I went into Sam's, bought a whole month's worth of food that we could um, use and various other things. It was like $95. I had $85 on my um, Sam's card credit uh, rewards that I received. So I paid like $10 at at Mm. Sam's Club. And And I've got this huge thing of food and toilet paper and everything else I needed in front of me. And when you're paying $10 for that, because I use my credit card for gas and everything else. Wow. What a great feeling. Mm. That's awesome. Well done. Our ears. (laughs) We love a good Sam's Club haul. (laughs) Yes. And using up those credit card rewards. That's amazing. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Especially when that credit card gets paid off every month. That's the mm. key. Yes. Yeah. If you all listening happen to be able to get out of Sam's Club or Costco only paying $10 or you love your credit card rewards points or, you know, you're just a person named Bill, visit frugalfriendspodcast.com slash Bill. Leave us your bill. We, we love them all. We mm-hmm. love collecting them. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. You might remember from our budget apps episode, we mentioned Monarch Money as being one of the best apps for people switching from Mint. Monarch is the top rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, cash flow, net worth, and more. Listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com frugal. If you previously used Mint and are worried about transferring your data, Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint, keeping all your tags and categories intact. It's also super customizable. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. 
And right now, listeners of this show will get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash frugal. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash frugal for your extended 30-day free trial. And now it's time for the lightning round. Pew. All right. So for this week's lightning round, we are all going to take turns answering this question. And we amended it a little bit because Jill and I realized we didn't have an answer for the original one. (laughs) So we're like, maybe we should amend it slightly. Um, But what was the time you were surprised by the cost of a healthcare related item or overpaid for a healthcare related item? What'd you do about it? What'd you do about it? So, Dr. Vquist, I'm sure you have a lot of stories, whether it's personal or from oh. other people you've heard of. So, please. <laughs> Without going against HIPAA. <laughs> right, right, right. Yes. Oh, my yeah, gosh. Don't. So, <laughs> uh, so I, I, I have one that's that's pretty. That, so, for those of you that have employer-based uh, health care. Um, you probably know that the the census, the the type of employees that are in your organization, determine your cost essentially of your health care. Because uh, if you're fully insured, or even if you're self insured, essentially, uh, by the way, self insurance means the company pays directly for the health care cost to say hospitals and doctors. Versus fully insured, you go through an insurance company that kind of handles that for you. So at my university, and uh, I sure hope they don't uh, get mad at me for saying this, but we were essentially paying um, almost a thousand dollars a month for family health insurance out of, of our paycheck every month. That wasn't the the match from the university. So uh, my uh, my wife um, had used our employee re- uh, education benefits, and she uh, we had met. In grad school, but she decided she didn't. She wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. Later, she decided now that the kids are getting out of the house, she wanted to go back and be a nurse. So she went back to school just to take uh, some nursing classes. Finished that, got a job with a local hospital. Sorry, long story, but you ready? She got basically health insurance that has saved us. You ready for this? Drum roll, please. Seven hundred dollars <laughs> a month. What? Yes. So for the literally the last year, little over a year now since she graduated with her nursing degree, we have basically got $700 a month back by going with one insurance plan through um, the hospital system she works with versus the the university uh, program that we had. So I tell you what, my gosh, that has been just an incredible savings for us, wow, an incredible wow. blessing for us. So uh, I'm sure worth I'm it sure for her to go back to school and pursue that. And, and the kids are out of the house, and uh, she she was a stay at home mom for the entire time. And uh, we, um, by the way, also uh, if you have any friends or family that work at universities, some universities give you free tuition for your children. So all my tw- uh, kids have gone to school for free. My wife mm. went to school for free. We never paid a tuition bill for them and now now because of her job we now have saved seven hundred dollars a month so thank you very much to her <laughs> love wow. you very much yes. honey and, and wow <laughs> that's a, that's an insane amount monthly right? no i don't think about that oh if you goodness. if you were in africa you could probably feed and clothe the village for seven hundred dollars yeah. a month easily every month and then and yeah. we were doing that just one family 
Oh, wow. What a lovely story of how you responded to that amount of health care. Yeah. yeah. Okay, money Jill, paid. How, about, how about you? So similarly, I'm going to go along the lines of saving money there through the healthcare plan that we have, we get free telehealth doctor's visits. So with things that I kind of already know what's going on, but I would like to know if there could be anything prescribed because I'm not able to heal up on my own. And so this would have been a couple months ago. I was having an issue. I knew what the issue was and I knew what would resolve it. it I didn't need a doctor's visit, but I needed a doctor to be able to like confirm it and prescribe me something for the fix. So had a free telehealth call then went to the pharmacy to pick up the prescription. And I was already with my good RX app mm -hmm. to get the discount and all of that. Didn't even need it because the prescription was like $5.30. I was shocked at the price. I really thought this is probably going to be a couple hundred dollars and I'm going to need to figure out. A good antibiotic. <laughs> oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. yeah, Five dollars. I just hoard them. So the whole thing where I, and, and I didn't pursue the care for about a week because I'm like, I can resolve this on my own by drinking apple cider vinegar and eating a bunch of yogurt. And it just was not resolving itself. And, but I should not have waited a week because in the end, between the doctor's visits and getting the medication, it was $5. Modern medicine, y'all. I know. I learned. I learned my lesson. Just make the phone call. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for me, this was with my first child. Um, I he was breech and and he was a boy. So standard procedure, they go to a pediatric orthopedic doctor to get their mm -hmm. to get checked for hip dysplasia. And I brought him in to get the to get the check. At the t at the week that they told me to, and they were like, they charged me for the appointment. They charged me for then reading what the X-ray from the appointment said, mm -hmm. and in that appointment said, "Oh, we couldn't read it, so you need to come back for another X-ray and then pay for another appointment for us to read." Wow! <laughs> and I was like. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> if this could have been, and he's like, oh yeah, he's just a little bit too small. Um, and I was like, I could have just come in like two weeks later. Right. Like they grow like weeds mm. in those first few months. So and what did you do? Did you pay for it twice? So I paid for another x-ray mm -hmm. and I did not pay for a follow-up appointment because in my experience, if something is wrong, they call you a million times. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, no news is good news. And he runs fine. He runs too fine. Um, <laughs> so that is not medical advice. Yeah, no, we do not do medical advice on this show. Don't do as we do. But and also they wouldn't let me negotiate the bill either. They were so hard on it. Like I was able to negotiate down my like delivery bill, yeah. um, but they were hard. And I guess it was because it maybe it was a specialist within the hospital in the within the children's hospital. But they were not having it. Wow. Yeah. So that was another surprise. 
Great, great stories, though. Great stories. Surprises all over the place. Well, yeah, I this is this... the vulnerability segment. <laughs> well, I mentioned this at the beginning when we were just talking uh, before the, the show started, but I am just so proud of what you two are doing and, and helping your listeners to uh, save money and have a better quality of life. And it's going to uh, bear so much fruit. And just thank you for everything that you two do. And it's just wonderful. Thank you for your kindness, Dr. Vequist, and for being on the show and for just introducing our listeners to this concept. If they want to learn more from you, the research that you're a part of, where can they get more from you? So absolutely. It's, so you can go to medicaltourismresearch.org, sorry, O-R-G, um, medicaltourismresearch.org. And definitely just keep looking at the um, the articles on medical tourism. You click my name on a Google search and you're going to find a bunch of different research, including recently research about uh, getting pharmaceuticals in Mexico. And uh, we also have some research coming up on being able to retire abroad and save a great deal of money and retire earlier. So um, just keep wa- uh, watching and listening. Uh, we'll have more research coming out. And uh, again, there's no reason that uh, healthcare needs to consume your life and uh, cost as much as it does. And and uh, thanks to advice like uh, this podcast and, and research we're doing, um, people are going to have better lives. Awesome. And I had uh, one question that I uh, forgot to ask earlier, but do you have information on your website about how someone can find one of those reputable like travel agencies for medical tourism or someplace to direct people to there? Unfortunately, no. So the because we're an academic research center, we we extremely neutral. We're just interested in the trends and the research on it. So we don't give advice. Uh, obviously, that's between yourself and your physician and uh, your own conscience and, and uh, what, what your your preferred level of risk is. Um, so I'm sorry I can't give uh, more detailed or more specifics to people. It, it truly is buyer beware. But I can tell you that um, the world is a better place than it ever has been before. And there's more options than ever before. And um, that's what your listeners should take away from this. Thank you, Dr. Vequist. Absolutely. I don't know what I was expecting, but that certainly exceeded my expectations. It's, it's one of those, and I'm sure if you if you read the the title of the episode, you were like, "Oh no, what what are <laughs> what they are the getting themselves into? <laughs> are they just running we, out of content?" <laughs> we thought the same thing. I was like, "Oh no, this is probably." I had it on the schedule, and I was like, "I took it off," and then. Because we actually couldn't find an expert to talk with us. And then Dr. Vquist, like, he responded and scheduled. And I was like, oh, crap, now we actually have to do this episode. And so it was really, it was really great to learn more about the common procedures, where you might be going. And uh, I mean, when you're looking for a, a travel agency to to book this kind of thing, I think since Dr. Vquist couldn't uh, ethically recommend one, I think just do your own due diligence. I mean, I, I did some Googling. They're, they're definitely out there. They're not hiding. So like with anything, reach out to several, see who you feel best about going with. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Ask around too, Mm -hmm. because chances are you've got people within your network who have explored medical tourism. And I appreciate how Dr. Viquas pointed out that it's not just traveling abroad or internationally. Medical tourism is can happen within the country that Mm -hmm. you're living in. I mean, and Mm -hmm. I know plenty of people who will travel across the country for certain medical procedures if a hospital is known to be better than another. So I think for me, it really highlighted the areas of bias and ignorance, like where I think or relate in a certain way to my understanding of the medical world and how we make good medical decisions and really kind of decreasing that barrier to entry and and understanding more about it. Yeah, I, I think I definitely had some biases and I knew that going in and I wanted to be educated, not convinced. And I feel like that happened. And so, I mean, I'm excited if I ever need a root canal, maybe I'll, I'll try this out. Take a friend, you know? Yeah. I mean, not take, just for take, the friend's sake to have a nice <laughs> little vacation. But I do appreciate what he said about mm-hmm. the support and yeah. having a support network. You never know what you're going to encounter in your own recovery. And yeah, having a familiar face could be really important. Yeah, it is something where there are a few other things to account for doing something either abroad or even across the country that you don't need to account for if you're going down the street. And so that's something to consider if you want to explore this option. Is it worth paying more to be really close to home? Is there something in the country that's maybe a nonprofit hospital that's comparable that I'm okay playing somewhere in the middle? So yeah, just another instance where getting creative and doing your due diligence will save, could save you money or increase your quality. Thank you, everyone, for listening, for tagging along in our own quest for just greater understanding. I mean, medical bills is where we spend so much money. Many times it's unforeseen. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it happens in the midst of a crisis. So wherever we can figure out ways to decrease those costs, I mean, we're here for it. We're at least here to learn more. And thanks for being here with us. We love, love, love reading your kind reviews. Obviously, we love kind people. Uh, Dr. Vquist was one of them. And we especially loved this kind review. It comes from JND41211. Game-changing, no-shame approach to personal finance. I am a Mm. podcast binger, and this podcast is worth the binge. Jen and Jill encourages their community to choose frugality as a lifestyle rather than a temporary tool to save money, focusing on a balanced approach to financial freedom rather than sacrificing everything, time, family, and friends, mental health, etc. Just to make the debt payoff date one year sooner. Bravo. I feel like I can finally say I have found friends that have the same mindset of stewardship as I do. Oh my gosh. <gasps> I yes. feel like you have summarized our podcast yeah. ethos and approach JND 41 to 11 in like the best possible way. Yes. And it's reviews like this that make it helpful for others to identify is this podcast going to mm-hmm. be right for them? That's the whole hope with a, with a review yeah. of helping others determine should I even give this a try? Is it going to be for me? And you did an excellent job of highlighting really what we're all about. So thank you for that kind of view. Yes. And the 
more reviews we have, the less people think that we're just stealing them from our friends and family and writing them ourselves. <laughs> so that's why we ask so often. So thank you, JND41211. And thank you all, treasured listeners. If you enjoyed this show, please take a minute to leave a rating and a review. Again, it helps other potential new listeners know what this podcast is all about, if it's going to be a good fit for them. And again, we, we love the kindness. Mm-hmm. If you just want to be kind to us, go leave us a review. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. See you next time. Frugal Friends is produced by Eric Siriani. Did you want to say something about the mommy makeover? (laughs) We were just talking about that the other day. We were in the car and just commenting on how normal it's becoming. People just, yeah, getting Botox or mommy makeovers. I actually thought about that this morning about how I said it's a it's a blessing to look average because I've never felt the desire to accentuate any part of myself with like a mommy makeover or Botox because like, I mean, I feel like good looking people want to accentuate that and keep that going (laughs) through procedures. And I've never felt a need to um, because it's just prolonging averageness. (laughs) And it's a blessing, I think. I mean, I thought about that this morning when I was looking in the mirror stop it you are making me laugh it's a very funny concept like i don't need to accentuate more averageness you are not average hey i didn't say you are looking above average very beautiful woman inside and out with so much wisdom knowledge to share with the world oh my gosh who needs botox when i have you oh i'm your botox injection (laughs) come on over to my house baby girl i'll give you what you need i'll give you your mommy makeover oh my god okay <laughs> and a mai tai yes and i and i won't have to compete the mai tai won't have to compete with the major pain meds that you will inevitably get from that procedure yes. Yes. when he was saying that i was like well you probably shouldn't have the mai tais after the procedure because you're probably going to be on like vicodin or something so Keep that in mind. Yeah, just keep it in mind. Keep it in mind. (laughs) I'm not here to tell you what to do. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer.